Let's turn in our Bibles to Isaiah 42 and 43. And uh, I want to continue with the theme. If you weren't here last Sunday, I would encourage you to go back. I think on Facebook you can watch it uh, uh, by video. I'm not sure about the website, but you get on Facebook, you can watch it. Because it was the introduction, if you will, uh, to this uh, January uh, theme that I'm carrying through, preparing for future things. We're going to let January, you say, well, the future is already upon us. Well, we're preparing this month for the next 11 months for sure, and hopefully for the next decade, uh, and hopefully I can give you some things from the Scripture that the Spirit of God can quicken in your heart to help you be able to embrace the plan and the purpose of God for your life uh, in 2020. How many of you are ready for that to happen? How many of you want to see God do some new things in your life in 2020? Amen. Give somebody a fist bump and say, new things, new things. And so we began in, in Isaiah 42 and 43, both of these. And really, someone is called Isaiah, the gospel according to Isaiah, because it's just chock full of prophetic insight about the Lord Jesus Christ and his coming. I mean, if you go back to Isaiah 8 and 9, you just say, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Uh, and so all throughout this, this uh, prophetic book of Isaiah, this guy was in tune with the new covenant mindset. And so Isaiah 42 and 43 are all about that, the Redeemer, the servant of the Lord, the coming of the Christ, and his, and his benefit unto us. In fact, uh, Isaiah 42 and 43 is basically God saying, I know my people are not worthy. I know they're not ready. I know they're not in tune, but here's what I'm going to do for them. Amen? And so it's a prophetic insight into the future. In fact, I want to show you Isaiah 42, verse 9. Look at it. In fact, gosh, you go back and digest a lot of this. He says this, Before the former things have come to pass, he said, be, pardon me, before, behold, the former things have come to pass. Everyone say, 2019 is gone. It's gone. It's a memory. It's past. You get that? If you got that, if you figured that out, uh, just, yeah, I got that. But I love the second part. And the new things, everybody say new things. The new things I declare. And here's what God says, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. He said, I'm going to tell you about your future. I'm going to tell you about some things that are about to spring forth. And that word spring forth, that phrase spring forth has to do with the spring and the season of spring. How many of you, you wake up one morning in the early spring and all of a sudden all the trees have budded out and you went, did that happen last night? Because it wasn't there yesterday. Uh, that's the picture. That's the word picture that, that the prophet Isaiah is giving about our future. Now, I think that's important for us to embrace that and begin to believe that and begin to confess that and begin to see that and realize, oh, God's going to tell me some things about the future. He's going to speak some things to me about my future. He He's not going to tell you everything. How many of you know if he told you everything, you'd mess it all up? But he's going to give you some insight. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Now, look over in Isaiah 43, uh, and we've looked at this already, and we'll continue to look at it. It'll be kind of our, our springboard to this concept and idea of the things that are new springing forth. He said in verse 18, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do, everybody say, a new thing. A new thing. Somebody say, why didn't he tell us a new thing? Because my thing may not be your new thing, 
And, and if he told us, we, as I said, we'd probably mess it up. He said, uh, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. There it is again. Somebody say spring forth. Man, I'm telling you, we ought to catch those two verses and say, I'm just trusting and believing and looking for and listening for what God has for me in the future. And then he gives a little question. He asks this question. He says, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Question mark. In fact, let me just fill in a couple. I just got to read verses 19 through 21. It's all chock full. He said, behold, I will, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. Everybody say new thing. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm excited about the future. And these verses uh, just engage my heart in an exciting way. Now, last week, if you weren't here last week, I don't blame you. It was the holidays, I understand. Uh, I've always said that Sunday after Christmas is every pastor's greatest nightmare, and it was not that for me. Uh, But if you missed, I would encourage you to go listen to last week because I said this, before we can focus on future things, there are firstly some things that need to be, number one, fixed. Everybody say fixed. How many of you got somebody sitting next to you that, no, no, don't do that. How many of you got some things inside you that need to be fixed? Let me tell you something. Broken things need to be fixed before you can take on new things. Are you with me? So I would encourage you this month and however long it takes to get some things fixed. Beverly and I looked at each other the, here uh, uh, sometime last week because it was after Sunday when I preached this. We had a little squabble, uh, and uh, and then we looked at each other and said, "Well, we did some things that need to get fixed here, right?" And, yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna fix that. And so, whether it's relationally, spiritually, emotionally, there's some things that need to get fixed. And God is in the business of restoration and recovery, and putting things back the way God would have them to be. You know what? In my life, when I've taken control of my life, I realize I can mess things up. I can break things. But God can fix things. Somebody say amen. So there's some things that may need to get fixed, and so I would encourage you to embrace that thought. Number two, before you can embrace the future things and really focus and fine-tune your focus on the future, there's not only some things that need to be fixed, but some things that need to be forgiven. One of the biggest hindrances to the new thing is the unforgiven thing. Future things are hindered and stifled because of unforgiveness. And Jesus reiterated this over and over. In fact, the Matthew 6 Lord's Prayer where he said, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's the only part of that prayer that he comes back at the end after he says amen. And he said, Oh, by the way, if you don't forgive your brother, God's not going to forgive you. And so there's some things that need to be forgiven. Uh, and then number three, some things that need to be forgotten. Some things that, that we carry into our future that we just need to forget about. Everybody say forget about it. And that's what, that's what Paul said in Philippians, forgetting those things which are behind. That's what the prophet said. Don't remember the former things. Some things you need to be for, fixed, forgiven, and forgotten. And then I threw this in at the end. Some things may need to be finished. Don't carry too much unfinished business into your future. I know we all have things that, that we're working on that transcend January 1st. But don't, hey, don't forget about some things that God is working in you. 
The Bible says he wants to work something in you uh, for his good pleasure. Just let it keep happening. Let those things be finished or accomplished in your life. And everybody said amen. Now smile at me and say, I'm ready, Pastor. I'm ready. You ready? So here we go. I'm going to give you some things today that will just hopefully motivate you into the future. I want to give you, uh, in fact, as we look to the future, we need to realize that God is the God who opens blinded eyes so we can see things. In fact, if you're in Isaiah 42, look in verse 6 and 7. He says this. uh, He says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. Look in verse 7. To open blind eyes. Everybody say, open blind eyes and to bring out prisoners from prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name. And so his prophetic uh, uh, declaration here is about Jesus opening blinded eyes. Now, how many of you know he not only opens physically blind eyes, but he opens spiritually blind eyes, and he also opens eyes in our life and gives us fresh vision for our future. That's what he just said after he said that. Hey, I'm going to show you some things before they happen. They're going to spring forth in your life. And so I want you to take note of that and begin to realize that one of the primary purposes of Christ coming to planet Earth is opening our eyes so we can see what he wants us to see, so we can see the revelation of what he paid for us, and so we can realize the power of Christ in us, so we can see the destiny of God for our life, and that he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. And so I believe this year is a year where God will open our eyes. <coughs> Pardon me. In fact, when Jesus came to the earth, he picked up the scroll, which happened to be in Isaiah 61, and he read it from Luke 4. Out of Luke 4.18, it says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me. And then he gets down and it says, for the recovery of sight to the blind. God's a God who opens our eyes. Now, listen carefully. You may have your eyes wide open and ready to hear and see what God has for you, but you may have some people in your life that they do not see. They have eyes to see, but they cannot see. They're spiritually blinded. We, as God's ambassadors, can begin to pray over them and say, God, open their eyes to see you. Amen? I think of the two disciples after Jesus was crucified. They were on the road to Emmaus. And this gentleman came and began to walk with them and he began to speak the word of the lord over them happened to be the resurrected christ and they did not recognize him they had become uh, whether he was in uh, his new body or whether or not he they, god had closed their eyes he talked to them and uh, and they invited him to stay with them and they just loved as he opened to them the scriptures and then the bible says when he declared some things He vanished out of their sight, and they all got the Gomer Powell syndrome, and they went, Shazam. And then they said, did not our hearts burn within us when he spoke to us, by the way? Their eyes were open. May that be the case with us in 2020 there. Eyes are open. 
And we see things the way God sees them. And we see through the perspective of God. And, you know, if you watch the news the last few days and the, and the potential conflict with Iran and all those things going on, you could get nervous. You could get fretful. You could go, man, I don't know what's going on. But you can see, I'm going to tell you, you can see things the way God wants to see them. We can trust Him. Thank you so much, Tommy. I appreciate that. And so this morning, I want to give you the top ten new thing focal points for 2020 from Isaiah 42 and 43. You're going to get the top ten list. This is going to be kind of a bullet point message today. I could actually take these ten things and and belabor them in a very good way for the next ten Sundays. I'm not going to do that. I was tempted. Uh, my problem is not what to say, but what not to say. I, you, I've never had a problem with what, ask my wife, I've never had a problem with what to say. It's just what do I not say? What, where do I need to shut my mouth? Every, every once in a while you just need to shut up, right? I've, I've done that, but I, I shouldn't have never said that. But in this case, I'm just bubbling over with, with what I, what God's speaking to me. So I'm going to give you these 10 bullet points in the next few moments. And, and some of them may just hit right home with you. I pray all of them do. But uh, they're, they're new thing focal points that I believe you and I need to focus on because Isaiah 42 and 43 is all about the new thing. Everybody say new thing. And I think if we'll catch these things, our eyes will begin to be open and we'll begin to see what God begins to declare. Just like he said, in the new things I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. He's going to begin to speak to us. So here they are. Number one, top, the top ten list of new thing focal points for 2020 in tw- uh, 2020 vision in 2020 from Isaiah 42 and 43. The number one or number and and no particular order. I've just kind of got them here as they come. Everyone say sing out. Sing out. I love Isaiah 42 verse nine. And verse nine was I'm going to tell you the new thing uh, before it happens. Uh, before it springs forth, I'm going to tell you about it. And then verse 10, so sing to the Lord a new song and his praise to the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you coastlands and the inhabitants of them, let the wilderness and the cities lift up their voice. The villages that Kedar inhabits, the inhabitants of Selah sing, the inhabitants of Vider sing, the inhabitants of Beaumont sing, the inhabitants of Lumberton sing, and all of southeast Texas, let them sing a new song. Let them give glory. Sing it. I love it. He says, he goes on to say, I'm going to sing it from the mountain. I'm going to sing it from the valley. Everywhere I go, I'm going to sing it. I'm going to cry out. I'm going to shout. And the Bible says when I do, God's going to begin to prevail against my enemies. Now, I want to tell you, if you want the new thing to spring forth, you got to be able to be at a place where God has been inspired by your praise and worship to bring into your life a new level of victory over the things that would try to hinder the new thing in your life. Everybody say, sing out. David said this in Psalm 40. He said, I'm going to sing a new song to the Lord. He's put a new song in my mouth, even praise to my God. I don't know what kind of song you've been singing, but God wants to sing a new song. If your song has been one of fear and doubt or worry or fret or or sadness or loss, I'm just telling you, the new thing is about to spring forth. And if you want to water it real good, if you want to fertilize the new thing God has for you, begin to worship, begin to sing, begin to shout, begin to make way for the blessings of God and the victory of God in your life. Everybody say, sing a new song. 
you sing it out. I'll never forget when I first got born again, really, and feel, when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, that, man, I just started. My, my parents didn't know what was going on with me. I, I, they would find me in my room praying and singing and shouting and peek, they'd peek in the room. Ooh, something got a hold of that boy. Uh, I, but I'm telling you, there's a new song available for us to sing in 2020. I don't know what song you sang in 2019, but it's time to sing a new song. Tell somebody it's time to sing a new song. It's time to sing a new song. It, hey, it will move you to a place. It will be as though God was watering the field of your heart and the life that He has for you in the future and the destiny of your life. So things get, that He has in mind will begin to spring forth. Amen. Everybody say, sing out. Number two, listen up. Say it, listen up. Listen in 2020. Don't just go with the flow. Don't just assume you know what God is up to. Don't just assume that everything He's ever said to you has already been said. God wants to speak. That's what He said. The new things I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So in other words, you need to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. To you, Revelations 1. Let the Spirit, the, the, the church, let the Spirit of God, let the church hear what the Lord is saying to the churches. And I say to you, listen up in 2020. Listen up on January 5th. God may even be speaking to you from this old bow-legged, gray-headed, uh, uh, semi-chubby from the holidays preacher to, to listen to the Word of the Lord. Everybody say, sing out. Everybody say, listen up. Listen, there's nothing wrong with God's mouth. There was a time before the New Testament, between the Old and the New Testament, I think it was 400 and something years of silence. While God was behind the scenes. And let me just tell you something. Sometimes when God doesn't speak, He's talking. You just got to be listening. And He will speak to you. He will speak to you about your job. He will speak to you about your family. He will speak to you even more importantly about your own life. He will speak to you through the Word of God. He will speak to you through the prophetic Word of God. He will speak to you in your inner spirit. And you'll hear the Spirit of God saying, this is the way, go ye in it. He will, so, but we got to listen up. If you read through the red in, in the Gospels, you're going to hear Jesus say this many times. He who has an ear to hear, hear what the Lord is saying. you got to listen up. So if you want to see this new thing, if you want to experience, you got to hear what he's saying. You can't just go your own merry way and assume that God's going to uh, just drop you into the middle of the new thing that he has for you. You got to sing out and prepare the spiritual atmosphere. You got to listen up. And then number three from Isaiah 43, you got to, you and I have to fear not. Everyone say fear not. Look what he says in Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, he who has formed you, O Israel. I love this. Fear not. Everybody say fear not. Tell somebody fear not. Fear not. Hey, let me just say about your future, fear not. Now, if you're not embracing who you are, you might have reason to fear. If you're not embracing the fact that 
he is Lord and that he created you and formed you. And as it says in verse 1, fear not for I have redeemed you. If you're not walking under the banner of who he is and what he has done for you, the redemption of God that he has provided you and that you belong to him. He said, uh, he said, for I've redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. Now, uh, if you're not embracing the totality of that, of that verse or those two verses or that one verse, then you might have reason to fear because you're not walking under the governance and the guidance and the lordship and the anointing and the directive of God over your life. Most people spend their whole life living life on their terms and somehow expect God to just keep blessing them. We have every reason to fear if we're disconnected from His will and plan for our life. But if we are, everyone say, fear not. And then, I love how, I love the prophetic insight about how he draws this picture. He says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I, the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for your, in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. I'm telling you, he gives us promises of protection right there. And we, as we look to the future, we just need to sing out in faith. We need to listen up to hear what he has to say and don't fear even if you don't hear it right off or if you hear it and it under and and it just kind of freaks you out a little bit uh, you just say hey, don't fear God, he, because He's with you through the fire. He's with you through the flame. He's with you through the water. He's with you through the rain. He's with you through the uncertain times of life. He's right there with us. He will lead us into our destiny if we'll fear not. Amen. I love the beginning of Jeremiah. When Jeremiah was a young man, God began to speak to him. As a young man, prepping to move into his destiny as a, the weeping prophet. In Jeremiah chapter 1, God says, Don't be afraid of their faces, for I'm with you. Fear not. You go back, you rewind even further back. You go back to, uh, to Joshua and as he's moving into his new thing of being the, the leader of the children of Israel and leading them out of the wilderness into the promised land, the word of the Lord comes to him and says, Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. And he says, Don't fear, for I'm with you. Fear not. Everybody say, Fear not. Top ten things. Sing out, listen up, fear not. We've got to focus on those things to be able to see and hear and move into the destiny of God has for us in 2020 as well as the, the new decade. And number four, expect a harvest. Expect the blessing of God to come your way. Have, a, have faith for your future that God's going to bless you and He's going to bring about a harvest. And the harvest has really not as much to do with about nickels and numbers as it does people, family, and friends. How many of you know God in 2020 wants you to see a harvest of people, family, and friends in your life? Look what he says in, in, in uh, verse 5. He says this, Isaiah 43, Therefore I will give men for you, 
and people for your life. Fear not, I'm with you. I will bring your descendants from the east. I will gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. He's talking about harvest. And if we look into the future, let me just tell you about the future. And when you look even into the New Testament, and and when God began to unlock the future uh, of His people, it had everything to do with harvest. It had everything to do with that which is lost being found. It had everything to do with people who were separated from Christ, being reunited and restored and redeemed and purchased back and brought back into the family of faith. And that's what God said... That's what the word of the Lord came to the disciples as they began their new destiny, uh, worshiping the resurrected Christ who had gone before them into heaven. And he said, go wait for the promise of the Father. Go to Jerusalem and wait. And the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will be empowered on high. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You'll be a part of the harvest. In fact, what did Jesus say even before he left planet Earth and went back to the right hand of the side of the right side of the Father? He said, "Go into all the world and make disciples." What's he talking about? Harvest. Everybody say it's harvest time. I believe in 2020 and beyond. God is going to help us target people in your family, friends and family, people in your life. Target them with the gospel, target them with prayer, target them with love, and you're going to begin to see God bring the harvest from the north, south, east, and west. And everybody said amen. Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. And he said, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. He said, man, in harvest time, I'm with you. In the waters, I'm with you. In the troubled times, I'm with you. In the fire, I'm with you. Wherever you go, whatever you do in the harvest field, I am with you. And then he said, and I'll never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Everybody say, sing out. Everybody say, listen up. Everybody say, fear not. Everyone say, expect the harvest. And then number five, just to piggyback on what I just said, be a witness for goodness sake. Look what he says in Isaiah here. Be a wit- Isaiah 43.10. He says, You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I've chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there is no God formed, nor shall there be any after me. I am the Lord, and beside me there is no, there is no Savior. I have declared and saved. I have proclaimed there it was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. Be a witness. Expect the harvest and be a witness. Let the light of God shine through you in 2020. Let me tell you, these ten things that I'm giving you, this number five is profound. He said, go into all the world and be a witness. Make disciples. Let the light of God shine. And people will see Christ in you, and they will come to Christ. Are you with me? Say amen. Everybody say sing out. Everybody say listen up. Forget, uh, fear not. 
expect a harvest, be a witness, and then I'm going to re- re- rehearse this one from last week. Everybody said, forget about it. Just forget about it. That's what he said in Isaiah 43, 18. Don't remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Don't. Hey, let me tell you something. There are, I don't want to be legalistic here. There's some things about 2019 that will empower us and equip us for our future, correct? Right? So, so don't be, you know, don't understand. There's some things in our lives that all of us know we need to forget about it. Do I need to ask you what you need to forget about? You know what you need to forget about. Am I right? If I'm right about that, raise your hand. You're right about that, Pastor. Say, you're right about that, Pastor. So I don't, I don't, don't get me wrong here. Uh, it's good to, 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 to go back and gain. You can even learn some things from past mistakes, but don't let the past pull you down and rob you of your destiny. Amen. So forget about it. That's why Paul said, Philippians 3, as I've said, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Uh, just if you're going to reach forward, you got to forget about it. Amen. Everyone say, sing out. Come on, say it louder. Sing out. Listen up. Fear not. Expect a harvest. Be a witness. Forget about it. And then number seven, bring an offering. And, I, and my friend, understand, I'm talking about something much more than money. It certainly involves that, but it's much more than money. Look at Isaiah 43, 23. Look what he says. But you have not called upon me, O Jacob, and you have, have been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me the sheep for your burnt offerings, nor have you honored me with your sacrifices. I have not caused you to serve with grain offerings, nor wearied you with incense. You have brought me no sweet cane with money, nor have you satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices. But but you have burdened me with your sins, and you have wearied me with your iniquities. Now, He's telling them exactly how the cow eat the cabbage, but he's also inside, uh, bringing some insight about us who we, re- we hear what he says. I'm telling you, when the prophetic word comes upon you and says, this is what's going on in your world, and you've not been bringing sacrifices to me. Now, an Old Testament re- reading of that from an Old Testament time might be considered the, the blood of bulls and goats. But how many of you know we don't live in those days? We live in the new day of God's ultimate sacrifice for our life. And let me tell you something. Uh, God teaches us to bring an offering, a tangible offering, and come into his courts. It's called the time than the offering and we certainly do that but that should be representative of our life for Romans 12 1 says we offer unto him our bodies as a living sacrifice which is holy and acceptable unto him we offer him the Bible says the sacrifice of praise listen most people come to church expecting to receive from him and we can and we will but let me just tell you something There's this principle called sowing and reaping. I'm telling you the truth right here. I know I'm right about this. If you come to church over and over and call out to God over and over wanting to receive something, but you never sow something, you will receive nothing from the Lord. We better go home. That was stouter than nine acres of mowed garlic right there. We just need to chew on that a minute. It's true. I know I'm preaching to the choir a little. This morning as I was preparing my tithe, 
I was thinking about this. Wrote my check, my tithe. Then I said, that's just the bit begin. I'm bringing an offering. I wrote an offering check above my tithe because I want to bring an offering. In fact, the Scripture says uh, to bring an offering and come into his courts. That's, that's Psalms 96, 7 through 9. Bring an offering and come into his courts. I'm bringing myself. I'm offering myself. I'm bringing my future. I'm bringing my family. I'm bringing from the reserve of my life, from the, from the resources of my life. I'm not giving out of my abundance. I'm giving the first fruits of all my increase, and I'm going to trust him for my future. I'm not going to come without an offering. Everybody say, bring an offering. So I don't encourage you in 2020, if you want the new thing, the blessing, the favor of God upon your life, keep bringing your offering. Offer to Him all you have. It all belongs to Him. Look at your neighbors. It all belongs to Him anyway. We're just mere stewards. So everyone say, sing out. Everyone say, listen up. Everyone say, fear not. Everyone say, expect a harvest. Be a witness. Forget about it. Bring an offering. And linked right in with that, confess your sins. Everyone say it. Confess your sins. Keep that. Keep the slate clean between you and Him. How many of you know sins do what? They separate us. Isaiah 43, 24b, I just read it. He said, you have wearied me with your iniquities. I, even I, I'm he who blots out, verse 25, your transgressions for my own sake. And will not remember your sins. So from a New Testament perspective, what do we do? Do we bring a a bull or a goat and shed some blood? No, Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. And and according to the Scripture in the New Testament, 1 John 1, 9 says, Confess your sins, and He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Have you ever had to fess up? You know, my grandkids, I love them every one, but there's some of them. And even my kids, there were some, I won't point any fingers. They just have a hard time when they get busted with something, telling the truth. I, one of my, my only son, well, no, I shouldn't talk about Nathan that way. He's about to get married, but man, he could be, he, one time he was, he was playing in the, in Laura's baby powder. It was everywhere. I mean, it was all over. It was the cutest thing. I said, Nathan, did you get in the baby powder? White puff, poof. How many of you know it's just better to confess? How many of you know our Father in heaven is looking down? Just come on. Just confess because I'm faithful and just. I'll forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't have to carry this. So as we move into the new year, let's just let the light of God shine in our hearts. Confess our sin. Are you with me? Say amen. Everybody say sing out. Listen up. Fear not. Expect a harvest. Be a witness. Forget about it. Bring an offering. Confess your sins. I love number nine. Drink it up. Everybody say drink it up. Look in Isaiah 43, 20. Look what he says. The beasts of the field will honor me. The jackals and the ostriches. Oh, that's a word picture. Because I give waters in the wilderness. 
God says, I give waters in the wilderness. Now, have you ever been in a place in your spiritual journey when you're just going, and this is tough. I need some refreshment. God, we're right. He said, understand something. I give water in the wilderness. And rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. Drink it up. Everybody say, drink it up. Isaiah 43.3, for I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I'll pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring and will spring and, and they will spring up like grass, like willows by the water courses. Whew. Everybody say, drink it up. I'm telling you, that's the kind of drink you need to be drinking of. Jesus in John 7, uh, they had, uh, I think, three days of, in, of in, uh, just overwhelming feasting. I'm telling you, people are sitting around going, whoo, hallelujah. How many of you were this way during the, during the holiday? Woo, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I just, I just mm, uh, there's something about it. I just, whoo, boy, at Mama's house, whoo, thank you, Jesus. It was awesome. Uh, you know, we just had, we, we had, pardon me, we had fried fish for the New Year's. I just ate it up, I, and I, whoo, I felt good. And so, John 7, that's the way everybody was feeling. And Jesus says this in John 7. He says in verse 37, if there's anybody after all this feasting, Still thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For out of his innermost being shall flow what? Rivers of living water. There will be, there's a, there's a th- spiritual thirst that you and I must satiate in our life. Drink it up. It's there. It's available. If you're in the wilderness, it's available. If you're in the harvest time, like in chapter 44, it's available. There's a drink from heaven. The Spirit of God. The thirsty of the land. Drink it up. Everybody say, drink it up. Tell somebody around you, we gotta drink it up. We gotta drink it up. Man, don't, don't waste this, this spiritual sustenance and supply. Everyone say, sing out. Now, what am I telling you? I'm talking about new thing focal points for 2020. I'm talking about putting yourself in a place where God can speak to you and you can hear Him. And, and, and the new thing can begin to spring forth. Everybody say, sing out. Everybody say, listen up. Everybody say, fear not. Expect a harvest. Be a witness. Forget about it. Bring an offering. Confess your sins. Drink it up. Number 10, trust the promises. Everybody say it, trust the promises. Now, I won't go through Isaiah 42 and 43 and enumerate specifically all the promises that are there. And let me just tell you something. It's almost like God in these two chapters said, let me tell you what Jesus is going to do regardless of where you are in your journey. This is what He's going to do for His children. There's promises. There's a promise for the Gentiles of justice. How many of you know God's a God of justice? See, the Gentiles were separated. How many of you know Jesus came not just for the Jews, but the Gentiles, for all humanity? There's a promise of victory. He said, man, I'm going to come and bring victory in your behalf. 
There's a promise of direction. He's going to make a road in the wilderness. He's going to give you direction in life. That's a promise. If you're hearing and listening and and positioning yourself, and as this title of this series, Preparing for Future Things, you're positioning yourself rightly, singing out, listening up, fearing not, expecting the harvest, being a witness, forgetting about it, bringing an offering, confess your sins, drink it up. You can trust the promises. The promise of vision and uh, vision and direction and liberty in your life. This thing saturated uh, along with, uh, of course, the New Testament that he's going to bring people out of spiritual prison in their life. Liberty, protection. He promises his protective hedge over our life. He promises his compassion. In fact, the other passage of Scripture, his compassions fail not. Isaiah 43, he says this. He said, I have loved you. You've been honored and I've loved you. How many of you know his compassions never fail? They're new every morning. He promises forgiveness and redemption and cleansing. Trust the promises. And today, as we close out the first Sunday, of 2020, preparing ourselves for the new thing that God desires to spring forth. We should leave here with a new song, with an ear to hear, with a faith-filled heart to not fear, to begin to look for the harvest of God that is coming, to begin to shine our lights and be a witness, begin to lay down and forget about those things that have hindered us, begin to be generous in every area of our life and begin to bring an offering. I'm trying to break some things in my life. This, this Christmas, I, I mean in a small way, I'm, not, I'm going to tell you just a couple of things that, that, that meant something to me, uh, and I'm learn, trying to learn that this Christmas. On Christmas Day, we got, had to stop at a gas station in Sulphur Springs before we had to Momo's house. We go into the gas station, and I needed some things, and so I'm waiting in a line, and here's this woman checking out. There was a long line. It was on Christmas morning checking people out, and I needed a few things, and, and, and I, you know, I don't know her life. I just assumed she probably had a couple of kids. There she is on Christmas morning checking out. And so my... my uh, I had a $20 bill, and my stuff was about $10. And so she gave me two fives back, and I put it back. I said, Merry Christmas. And she looked at me like I had given her a gazillion dollars. Now, was she blessed? Of course. I'm going to tell you something. Something got off on me. I tried that two or three other places. In fact, I just want to be more generous. Than I've ever been before. I want to give to God more. I want to bring an offering. I want to be more open and confess my sins. I want to be more willing to drink in what He has for me and trust Him for the future. How about you? I said, how about you? Let's stand together. Father, today as we come to the close of this service, may it be the launching pad for our new day. May it be the launching pad for the new thing in 2020 and in the decade before us. May we take these top ten lists, prophetic focal points for our life, take them to heart, begin to prepare our life for what you have for us in the future. Maybe even tomorrow. Maybe even for next week maybe even for today. 
I want you right now to encourage you just to bow your head and begin to say to God, Lord, let me be ready for all you have for me in this year. If you've got a sin to confess, if you've got a fear to shake off, you got something you need to forget about, just say, Lord, I just give that to you. I choose to trust you and your promises, and I drink in what you have for me. I sense in my heart there's some weary soldiers, some weary warriors in this house. This day, this week, just drink in the presence of God in your life. Just let Him refresh you and renew you. Trust Him. Trust Him. I want us to trust God right now for that harvest coming. God's going to use you and me to bring in harvests, families, friends, even strangers, possibly even former enemies, not only into salvation, but, but into the church family in 2020. We're going to believe God for harvest. Father, today, we agree together for that harvest coming, Lord, from the north, south, east, and west. Not just nickels and numbers, but people, souls, lost people, drug addicts, single-parent moms, people who have been struggling, people who are down-and-outers and up-and-outers, Lord. However they live their life, draw them by Your Spirit. Families who need direction. Families who need a family. Draw them by and use us, Lord to be a witness. Let our light shine this week and this year and this decade. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Well, there you go. Now, let me just say, this month is preparation for the next 11 months of this year. Our church, even our leaders, we're putting things together. And in fact, in February, we're going to just really uh, unlock and unload for you some real discipleship opportunities, growth opportunities, relationship opportunities, fellowship opportunities, uh, just all kinds of opportunity to grow in Christ in 2020. Everybody love the Lord. Say amen. Give somebody a high five. Say happy new year. High five, high five, high five, high five. There you go, high five. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you this Sunday right here at church, this next Sunday right here at Church on the Rock North. If you need anything this week, you give me a call. We'll come a running. Have a great day and Happy New Year. Amen.